Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey guys, welcome back to Better, the brand designer podcast. We are so excited to be hosting again. Jen and I haven't been in the same like video room in so long, so it's just nice to get to see your face and get to chat with you. I know. It feels like I was just saying that like I've been trying to hold back on like updating Esther on some like certain things about my business and stuff. So I'm like, oh my gosh, well, we need to just have a podcast recording where we like reconvene and like chat about stuff. Um, because yeah. you were on vacation in Spain for two weeks. Oh my and gosh, you had a lot of so people fun, in and out Jen. of your house and just like a lot of stuff. So I'm really excited to hear about that. Um, and there's so many updates on my end too. But yes. let's do our intro question and then we can just like yeah. totally sit back and chit chat. So our intro question for today is describe your brand identity. Why did you make the decisions you did and the choices that you did for your design business? Oh, okay. So my logo, I'll just start with the logo and then I'll talk about the color palette. The logo is probably one of the simplest logos I've ever designed. I took the approach of, I want my client work to be the thing that people remember about my business and less so the actual brand identity. But at the same time, all brand designers know that the brand identity has a lot to do with the type of client that is going to feel comfortable perusing your website, inquiring, learning more about you. So my business name, of course, is Hello June Creative. It's just the words Hello June next to each other and then the word creative underneath in a beautiful font called Elgoc. Um, I purchased the whole family and I have it all in desktop and web font files. I love it. It's just really simple, elegant, and classic. It's just in black. I have the little registered trademark symbol as part of my logo, which I love. Uh, it was a very It long... makes you feel so legit. <laughs> it does. Honestly, it really does. And I love being able to put that in my Instagram bio too. Um, and yeah, I am registered as a trademark Hello June Creative for brand identity and web design. That's awesome. Industries. So yeah, it was, it was wonderful. I feel like your take on your own branding is something that a lot of designers do. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like to be able to have something a little bit more simple and classic and timeless, but be able to showcase your work, like have your work speak for itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, my color palette is very much inspired by hot summer days in my hometown of Orlando, Florida. The dark gray color in my palette is called Asphalt. And I have a color called Lemonade. I have a color called Happy Days, which is like my pink kind of peachy color. I just think about like growing up, driving around in a hot car in Orlando in the summertime. And I mean, in the backseat because my mom was driving and looking at the asphalt, like wavy heat lines, like anyone who lives in a really hot city will know that like, it gets so hot, like the asphalt gets so baking hot that like it'll look wavy because like the heat waves will like, you know, it'll just distort the, your vision or whatever. And so like curves and like organic shapes are also a really big part of my brand identity and that manifests in my website and in my Pinterest graphics and other stuff like that. So, you know, I started with the logo and the typefaces, which is p- people think about with branding, but then it's like, okay, well, most of the fun and the uniqueness and my positioning and personality comes out in my color palette and like the shapes and that type of stuff. And my logo is actually really, really simple. 
Yeah, I love the colors. I feel like it is so, they're so vibrant still, even with like the asphalt color. I'm like, it's very you. When people meet you, it's like, oh, yep, I see that. That's Jen. (laughs) I feel like mine is so different than yours because I feel like I was like, I need to personify everything about my brand. And like, yes, my work speaks for itself too. But when it comes to my brand, I was like, I want it to feel so personal and like have a story being told. And if you guys listen to the episode a couple of weeks ago where I talk about bridging culture and design, that's exactly what I did with my branding. So my branding is meant to be inspired by China plates and Chinese pottery, ceramics, and it's inspired by my mother because she always had these at the home growing up and what we would eat with. So everything within my brand is like tied into that. And I didn't want it to feel like oh, you definitely know it's a China plate, but it's like inspired and you take little notes from it. And the colors too, the blue and the cream it in different shades of blues, that's exactly what I was going for. So it has more of a story to it than um, maybe Jen's does, but it's just, it's just different. Like there's two different spectrums and you don't have to go one way or the other. It's really up to you, which is really cool. But I love having that design. And I feel like it's fun because I feel like I get a brand my whole life. Like my office feels like that now too. And I've created cards for my clients and like packaging and stuff like that to send. Oh guys, they're so beautiful. I'm like, I need to go and work with the people that you did your like intro cards for. It's like beautiful, like textured paper, like letterpress, like yes. so elegant. Like I feel like it is everything that your brand represents. And and your logo has an icon, whereas my logo yes. doesn't. I've thought about doing... like If I was to do a logo or a, an icon or an illustration in my logo, that's actually another good question to ask a brand designer. Like if you're if you were like an icon, what would you be? I'd probably do like a melting ice cream cone. But I feel like that's really, really playful. And I work with a lot of really luxury brands. And so I'm just not sure mm-hmm. that like that would really vibe. But I do love doing line art iconography and yes, illustration. I can see that for so. you too. It's Aww, so interesting. Thanks. Like some people <laughs> who have more just word marks and like I have my yeah. icon, and then I use some of those like throughout my branding, like some. Yeah light illustrations here and there, but it's fun. Yeah. I love your brand so much. I it, I told Esther when she redid her brand at the beginning of this year that it was my favorite brand designer brand I'd ever seen. And I stand by that. It's still my favorite. I, I haven't seen anything I like better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you guys are curious more about mine, I have on my website on sarathdesign.com. I think it's backslash about. It talks more about my those choices. Because I feel like there's a lot. There's, I mean, there's I also the that. read, the naming process that I went through. Yeah. It's like so personal. That also makes me really excited for having my own home to be able to kind yeah. of brand in a way, like my own office and everything. Oh, let me show you. I I just purchased a painting from this woman that I follow on Instagram. And you guys can't see it obviously because it's a podcast, but it's got these beautiful like abstracts, like purples and pinks and light pinks and there's a little orange in there for the podcast branding but it's like just a tiny little painting and I bought it and I was like I'm so excited I'm gonna put this on my desk I'm gonna look at it every day and it just makes me excited to decorate my future office and the home that we're building right now so I feel like your office is gonna be so vibrant and so colorful oh yeah like pinks oranges like and then some plants here and there Oh yeah. I think I want to have like a couple cream walls and then like a crazy wall. That's like yeah. 
a mural or something. Um, and like, I, I can turn it. my computer. I want to come and paint it. <laughs> I know. Please do. I'll hire you. Like I could turn my computer and have like just the cream walls in the background. If I have a client that's like very clean and like wanting a clean vibe and then I could turn it and have it be crazy. If someone's like, I want color. <laughs> I love that. So it'll be like a little, little duality. But I mean, that, that is my design style. I yeah. mean, where color meets class is my tagline. And I really resonate with the idea of colorful minimalism where it's like, I believe that you can't totally. have a minimalist brand and have it be bright and vibrant and colorful. I know Esther, you're doing a couple more brands recently that have really bright and bold colors, but still have that beautiful luxe high-end feel. Yes. So I'm obsessed. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. And I'll talk about it more once we get into the podcast. Yeah. But there's, I mean, yeah, it's super fun. But before we jump into our recording, I wanted to give a shout out to our $10 patrons. These patrons have become design directors and we are so thankful for their support. Welcome Ashley Rainey and Nikki Hogue to the Better Podcast community. As a reminder, just if you want things like early access to our podcast, ad-free episodes, an invite to our quarterly calls, we just had one this morning. And you can join those and we would love to have you there. You just have to sign up to be a design director and you get some sweet stuff like merch and all things like that. So just look at www.patreon.com backslash better podcast for all the different levels. There's higher levels and lower levels. So it's really up to you of what you want to sign up for. Yeah. But if you want merch, I mean, that's what I'm showing up for is the merch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The merch is so cute. I've been working really hard on the merch. Me and um, my production designer, shout out to Lauren. We've been working on the merch and it's looking really, really good. I just got the sweatshirts in a couple of days ago and I am seriously in love with them. Um, so we'll look out for more information about how to purchase our merch. We haven't really decided if it's going to be open to non-patrons or if you have to be a patron or not. So just keep on the lookout on our social media for some of that stuff. But like, so basically just become a patron because it might yeah. be patron only. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. But really we seriously, excited. thank you guys for like supporting us. We couldn't do it without you guys. It just like helps us to be able to further this and be able to connect to more people and keep yeah. doing this weekly. Really? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, don't you guys want a shout out on the pod? <laughs> yeah. Like Ashley Yay. and Nikki. We love you guys. Hey guys. So much love. I don't know about you guys, but Jen and I are seriously self-proclaimed course junkies. And we are super excited to tell you about a brand new course called Shopify Codex. It's a first of its kind Shopify process and development course created by one of our favorite people in the world, Leia Gucciardi from Arc Design Studio. Keep listening because we have an exclusive listener discount for you. So we know that you guys always want to serve your clients the best that you can because me and Esther feel the exact same way. And with e-commerce development, particularly in Shopify, I feel like it's such an in-demand service and they tend to sell for higher ticket prices as well. But do you guys feel like there's such a huge learning curve on Shopify? Because I know I do. And I will be the first one to admit that I have struggled with feeling super limited and boxed in Shopify themes. And I know that I am not the only one who feels this way. Maybe you also don't know how to price or confidently deliver a high-end client experience when you're learning a brand new platform and it feels a little uncomfortable. Totally. And that's why we are so, so excited about Shopify Codex. I have personally seen inside the course and you guys... Leia has gone above and beyond to create a resource that is chock full of so much knowledge that will honestly blow your mind. 
The course will teach you how to use Shopify's programming language, which is called Liquid, and that will propel your coding skills and help you design beyond the limitations of Shopify's pre-made themes. It also has a massive wiki of resources that over-delivers on video trainings on coding skills, templates, how to scope, price sites, book high-ticket clients, and break beyond the cookie-cutter templates. People who have gone through Leia's program have said that more than just being able to book higher-ticket projects, which is super nice, they have left with so much confidence in offering a high-level, super customizable Shopify experience for their clients. They've also been able to make back the investment, which is insane, of the course by just selling one Shopify VIP day, which of course Leia teaches from process to pricing to pitching to your clients. I'm going to be in the course too, so join me in stepping into this new world of Shopify. There is so much to learn and Leia does such a good job of teaching us. And I am so ready to ditch cookie cutter templates and stop boxing in my web design dreams without that burnout of learning it all on my own and just being thrown into the fire. I'm so glad that I get a helping hand and all of you guys. So seriously, you do not want to miss out on this. Head over to shopifycodex.com slash better and use the code better at checkout to get $300 off. I'll see you guys in there. Okay, so the topic that we are going to chat about today, it's really just our six-month update because these six months have literally flown by, right, Jen? I'm like, when we started recording in December of last year and we basically have not stopped since then. Yeah, which is crazy. We we made the call to go weekly, yeah, last fall. And then we started recording and then launched the first episode of season five in January. And so we are approaching the end of this season, which is crazy. Like we, we shifted from doing like multiple small seasons per year to two larger seasons per year. So it's been pretty long, which has been wonderful. We have a couple more episodes in season five, and then we will be playing a couple of our favorite reruns from past seasons, episodes that people request always, you know, to learn more, I think probably one about sales calls, pricing, some of our most popular episodes, we will be giving little updates on and then playing those as reruns for our little break in between season five and six. And then we'll be coming at you with more content starting in, I believe season six is going to be launching in the beginning of August. August. Yeah. Yeah. So very excited about that. Dude, this year is literally flying by. I was... Mm -hmm. We had some friends over yesterday and I was saying like, oh my gosh, I feel like it's 2020 still. Like yeah. what happened between then and now? Too much. Yeah, so exactly. Even this I year, feel like 2020 and this, like I can't believe next year is going to be 2023. I'm like, wait, I my head is still stuck in the sand like two years ago. I think COVID is a little bit of a time warp too because things were so not normal for so long and things are kind of starting to go back to normal now. I mean, whatever normal means. I mean, what does that even mean? But yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like the months are going by really fast too. Like, it's, you know, when at the time that you guys are listening to this, it is going to be June, but like, that's even crazy to think about that the end of June, that's the end of Q2, right? Like, oh, that's the, the official halfway <laughs> point of the year. So it's like, okay, now we're thinking about, okay, we set goals at the beginning of the year. Like, we've completed some projects. We're starting new projects. Like what do we want Q3 and Q4 to look like? And so we just thought it'd be fun to like sit down and chit chat with you guys in a more like personal way to talk about like 
our businesses. Cause a lot of the time we're like, you know, giving business advice and we're interviewing guests and like, I don't know. I think it's, sometimes it's fun to be like, okay, well, I'm actually curious about like curious about your business. Like yes. what are you doing? Like what projects are you working on? Like what, what are your goals and stuff like that? So we're just kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and just have a little chit chat about like, I don't know, six month check-in, not like yeah. a pressure check-in, but like what's actually happening. And what's no, going to be happening in the future? It's not like Jen. If you don't have your shit together right now, sorry. <laughs> if you don't have, if you don't have your stuff together right now, like what's going on? It's not like that. It's literally no. just like, okay, what's happening, and how can our listeners be excited about like understanding where we're at too? Because we don't have mm-hmm. our stuff together. We no. are still figuring stuff out too. So I am so curious about your trip to Spain. I, of course, followed you closely on Instagram and loved all of your videos and everything. But I wanted to get a little update on like what preparing for that was like, and then like just like the fun that you had, and like you know what getting back into the swing of things was like too. Oh my gosh! Okay, so it was so much fun. That's all I'm going to say. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) It was literally going to Spain. I have not been to Europe before besides a very, very short layover. Um, So that didn't count. This was my first time really experiencing it. And experiencing Spain was so cool. And it was something that I felt like I needed to kind of get out of my normal routine and experience culture and so much art. And there was so much like architecture that I was like, oh my gosh, like with the cathedrals and especially in Barcelona, like so much beautiful artwork in the streets and just everything. I was just blown away by all of it because in the US, we don't have as much of that like history. So we don't see all of that like historical architecture. So it's really cool to get to experience that. And I came away with just like so much joy and like excitement about exploring the world. And I feel like I just needed so much of that inspiration to come. And I got to spend, so we spent two weeks in Spain. The first week was doing like touristy things, like walking around. We were in Madrid and Barcelona and Valencia and just like walking around, walking so much and seeing so much. And I took so many photos and videos if you guys follow me or you can follow me on my personal Instagram, you can see all of that. And it was just so much fun. And then we spent the second half visiting my friend Daniela, who actually was on the podcast in at the very beginning of this season, Daniela mm-hmm. Marti. She lives in Northwestern Spain and we got to spend time with her and her family. And that was probably my favorite part of just like immersing in culture and getting to live life with them for a week. And preparing for it was just like, I honestly don't feel like I prepared hardly at all besides like getting my work all together. I didn't know anything about Spain. And so we like were dropped in a city and I was like, I don't know what I need to see. Like I have no (laughs) idea where I'm going, (laughs) which I don't know. I feel like I just, there was so much going on with work and having family visiting and so much up to that point that I didn't even have time to really like mentally prepare for the trip. So it was a lot, but it was so, so fun. And I am happy to be back. I miss Daniela. I miss Spain, but I like am really glad to be home and back it's in nice routine. To get, yeah, I was going to say, it's nice to get back into your routine and not to feel the rush and the busyness of preparing for like a more holiday season. I'm at the beginning of 
preparing for my month away from office. Um, yes, I'm, I'm be so doing- excited for you. Yeah, I'm excited too. I, I can definitely feel like I need it. Like I wouldn't say burnout. I haven't felt true burnout in a while. I mean, thank the Lord because I've set up my business and my life to support mm-hmm. that. Also, living with family really, really helps because of the help with the baby. Totally. It is a lot harder to feel burnout when you have extra pairs of adult hands um, with a two-year-old. So that's really nice. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. But it's really encouraging for me to hear about your travels because my husband and I are thinking about going to Ireland at the end of July. And that'll be my first time going to Europe. Like I'm really not well-traveled compared to a lot of people our age. Like I've been to like Canada and the Bahamas and that's it. I'm obviously really grateful for those trips. They're really fun and beautiful, but I'm excited for like my creative cup to be refilled, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. I feel like you were saying like you took pictures of the architecture and like just the lines and the shapes and the colors and the people and even just being immersed in another culture that's different and makes you look at the world differently. I know we had a whole episode about this, but I'm really excited about that to just get out of my routine a little bit. So you're excited to get back to your routine. I'm like, oh, I need to, sh- I need to shake things up a little bit. So it's funny yes. that we're kind of, going on different sides of it. <laughs> but that's that's where I was like before I left was like, I need to like yeah. get out of here. It's so yeah. interesting. I'm so glad that you're not like at a burnout place right now because I think it's really yeah. easy to like burn out and then be like, oh, I need to go on vacation. I need to like yeah. escape. And I feel like that's actually where I was before feeling yeah. very, very burnt out on like cramming work in and just mm-hmm. like doing so much and feeling like I needed to like I wanted to be repaired so I could actually ex- enjoy all of vacation without thinking about work. And mm-hmm. I didn't actually. I think I had told <laughs> you guys that like I was still took my work with me, but I didn't work that much. And it was kind of That's nice because I took like, I think a total of four calls over the two weeks and mm-hmm. they were at like 10 p.m. So it was because of the time difference. So it was totally fine. Yeah. Like I wasn't doing a whole lot of stuff, but yeah, I was definitely feeling burnout and feeling like I need to like, I'm not creatively inspired by anything. Like outside of my window is a brick wall. And under, like, it's the other building right next to me. So it's not like that <laughs> exciting. And I was just like, I need to get out and like walk around and see things. And I am so excited for you to get to do that because it's just like so refreshing. So now coming yeah. back, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Oh, good. I can tell you're like, you're glowing. Like you're, I can tell that like you, well, I mean, I'm sure like the first week after getting back was like pretty hectic, but like after things you kind of catch up a little bit, it's like, okay, like I am so grateful for the travel, but I'm also grateful to like have like your place and everything. And that's why I'm, I'm just excited to have that. Cause you know, we're living with family yeah. right now and it's, it's wonderful. I love it. But like, it, it is going to be nice to like have our own space to come back to at the totally. end of the day or, you know, so. And it is weird kind of uh, like jumping a little bit further into the conversation. I I wanted to share like how over the six months, like how things have gone with business because of all the travel and family and how that impacted my revenue a little bit and just like the amount of one stress and also like projects that I was working on Mm -hmm. because over April, I had a $0 revenue month. Okay. And May was like a little bit of stuff coming in. But it's interesting because April I had taken off sort of like kind of feeling, I feel like April and May were both in this like limbo of we have so much family coming 
and we have friends coming to visit. And then we had a friend stay with us for three weeks and then we went to Spain and it was just like everything juggling. And I was still working a little bit, but I looked back and having a zero revenue month, I was like freaking out a little bit. But then I remembered, oh wait, March was like double what I usually bring in. And so that kind of, it covered for April, Mm -hmm. even though like the dollar sign was nothing. I was like, oh, okay. Like it's totally fine because it's actually, it's so weird to think about these projects because you get like, I do 50% up front and then 50% after or 50% up front and then 25 at a certain date and then 25 at the end. And so I was like getting a ton of money at the beginning and then nothing for like a month and a half and then everything else is coming back in. And not everything is going to be monthly. You know, we track our finances monthly. We track them yearly, but it's not like you might not pay yourself on the same schedule. Like, you know, like you can set up your business however you want. I mean, just to also throw my hat in the ring and share a little bit about, you know, a month that I had January of 2021, I had a negative $15,000 month because I had a really big pay in full or it was pay 75% down. The client wanted to put 75% down the previous month in December due to tax reasons. And then Mm. the next month I had all my expenses for the project come through. So I actually like netted negative $15,000 that month. (laughs) And so I was like, that's the thing is like, (laughs) we have to like look look at at it it. from like a bigger perspective, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause I, in the past, I think I would start freaking out and be like, I told myself I wanted to make around 10 grand a month. And then like, that didn't happen. And now Mm -hmm. I'm going to beat myself up about it. But now I'm like, wait, no, it's fine. Like, yeah, it's really like, tell me about trends over a three-year period. You know, like, tell me about quarterly trends. Like, tell me about yearly trends. Like, that's one of the things that like, my husband's an accountant. He would say exactly (laughs) that. He's like, it does not matter. (laughs) Honestly, it doesn't. Like, do you have reserve money to pay yourself? You know, even if you don't pay yourself the same amount of month every month, like, do you have enough money to cover your bills and expenses. Like that's what this whole idea of harmony that I talk about all the time is about is that like not everything is going to be coming in at a beautiful, consistent pace. And I think I even say this in my episode about business and motherhood that came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, my like two year update on my um, business and being a mom is that like, literally I don't know another creative service provider who has consistent income. It's like I'm talking consistent, the same. It's like it's like an impossible standard. It's like why are we holding ourselves to these standards? It's like, oh, like yeah, like my expenses were through the roof at the beginning of this year. Like I was making mm-hmm. maybe a couple thousand dollars. I was able to like pay myself my salary, and then that was pretty we much it. A little you bit. know, yeah. And that's the thing is like it just changes. Yeah, it gets better. I mean, like I, I, inquiries were slow at the beginning of this year, and then like things like really picked up the, the last couple of months, and like a couple payments are coming through. I mean, it depends on when a payment comes through. If it comes through on the 31st of the previous month, it's going to get counted with that month. But then you get it paid. Like if it pays, if they pay late or something, it's like you get paid on the first of the month. Most of my invoices are due on the first of every month. It's like, okay, well then that's going to be counted for this month that you'll drive yourself crazy thinking about that stuff. So I think this is such a great conversation because... I mean, this is the type of stuff people don't talk about on Instagram, how much they're netting, like $0 months, negative months. Like, I feel like it's really, really normal. Yeah. So so how are you feeling about like where you're at with income and your in your revenue right now in business? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, at the beginning of this year, I definitely felt a little bit of scarcity 
trickle in mm-hmm. just because inquiries were so slow compared to what inquiries were like at the same time the previous year. And in my head, I was like, oh, it has to follow the same pattern or else I'm doing something wrong. Like the beginning of the year, people are excited to like invest in their businesses. At least that's the way it was for me in 2021. And in 2022, it was like crickets. Like I think I got maybe like one inquiry in January, like maybe two mm-hmm. in February. Like that's low compared to what I did last year and compared to what I was seeing the previous fall. Like it was insane, crazy, you know? And so of course there was a lot of like introspection of like, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? But I really just tried to let that go. I invested in some key areas in my business to help educate myself around marketing, to start thinking about other service offerings, to start really crafting intensives that are going to be profitable for me. And they're going to fulfill the needs of the clients at a price point that works for them. So going even further into the intensive route and honestly really not taking on a ton of huge website projects. Like the the longest mm-hmm. website project that I've done this year has been like maybe two months. Like that, like last year I was working on like... And the year before that, like I was working on some eight month long projects. Like I really Oof. am feeling this shift in my business now. And I was able to book some intensives and some shorter projects, semi-custom show at websites, nothing fully custom. I'm actually moving away almost entirely from providing e-commerce development services or even white labeling them because I realized it was just really stressing me out to provide that type of service. I wasn't passionate about it. The type of people that are inquiring with me, like they tend to be creative service providers. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to move away from that. And like when I launched the most pre- like the most recent e-commerce site, I was like, you know what? I'm moving away from this. And I felt this like weight left off my shoulders. Even though like I'm really busy this month preparing for my vacation and everything, like I can tell that my business is shifting more into the sustainable, spacious model that works well for me. And I don't have any employees, you know, like I work with subcontractors. I've really I do a lot of the work myself. You know, I talked about this again in the um, the motherhood episode, but I feel like the months that I had that were over or that were close to my revenue goals more than made up for what like kind of the deficit that I was feeling in Q1 and the first half of Q2. So it's just crazy how things change so quickly. I'm just, I'm trying not to allow my mindset to get swung like a pendulum in both directions, you know? Like yeah, that's the hard thing with like with so our hard. job. Like what you were saying about how everything just kind of switches. I mean, you can't have consistency. So it's hard to kind of take a step back and say like it's okay. Cause I yeah. think even for me, like I look at my finances this year, my revenue this year, and compared to last year, it's lower. Mm-hmm. But compared to last year, I'm working less and I'm making a better, like the amount of time I'm spending on projects and the amount that I'm charging for projects is like, it's higher. The ratio is better, whatever the term for that is. But compared to last year where I was like, I was constantly working and like working so late, working all the time. And yes, I made like really great numbers, but I was so stressed out. And so this year, my whole like idea is I want to learn how to live well personally and in my business and have that good balance. Yeah. And so even though my revenue is lower, I'm happier and I would rather stay in this space now where like I know that it's a privilege to be able to not stress about finances, mm-hmm. but it's still like, I, I love being in this space and I love knowing that like I can still pay my bills, but I don't have to 
worry about making a certain number just because I feel like I'm supposed to make a number. Yeah. It's like that label that you put on yourself, you know, like, like for example, take the six figure year. It's like, okay, well, first of all, is that gross or net? In the most time, most of the time people aren't talking about that. Like, you know, that's... And is that like realistic for where you live too? Yeah. Is that realistic for your, the type of clients that are coming to you? Like, is that realistic for the current season of your lifestyle? You know, like I started off wanting to be this huge agency with all these people. And I'm like, wait, Jen, like I have a two-year-old, like this is not what I want my life to look like right now. Maybe when he's in school, maybe like someday. maybe in the future, maybe someday. Like, I don't know. I think that like one of my toxic traits is that like, I think that where I'm at right now is going to be my reality forever. And I forget that like, there's still so much time. Like I'm only four years in. Esther, you're only like one and a half years in. Like you have accomplished so yeah. much in so Wait, little time. Yeah. I keep thinking that I'm like so far in, but it's not. <laughs> it's like you have, we both have so much more time. Anyone who's listening, it doesn't matter if you're 10 or 15 years, next year is there. Like you have, you know, like you have time to continue building on this. Like not every year is going to look the same. I think one of the things that newer designers to the field will fall into is that like, the first year they'll make some money and they'll be like, okay, next year is going to be the year that I finally hit six figures. You know, it's like, and then maybe you make more money. And then maybe the year after that, you make more money. And then like you establish this pattern where every single year you're having to like double your income, like every single year. It's just, is that what you want? Is that sustainable for you? So it's like those questions. Yeah. And if that's what you want, great. But that's not what oh, everybody heck wants. Yeah, girlfriend. Like, you I know, think... go for it. Double that revenue. Like, I'm I am all here for it. But like I was that person. I was that person having those unrealistic expectations about myself and my business. This year, I think that my gross revenue is gonna be way lower than it was yeah. last year. You know, and like maybe my net revenue will be lower too. But like I feel so much better <laughs> in the day to day than I know that I did last year. So that's that's more important to me. Yes. I think that like from my first year in business, which was last year, I was, I felt this pressure of, I have to be at, I have to do all these things. I have to hire people all the time. I have to like make so much money. And this year it's like, no, it's okay if I don't hire people right now because this is I'm in my second year in business. Like it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) One of the things that this over the last six months, I have been really like working on and I'm super excited moving forward for the next six months to see how that goes is having less projects that I'm working on at a time. Mm-hmm. So my ideal is two because I feel like that's a good amount of bandwidth to be able to like really I love investing in my clients and talking to them all the time and making sure that like they feel good and that things are right. So my ideal is two. Right now I think I have three, which is fine. But sometimes they overlap and you know you're yeah, finishing one like, up and yeah. Exactly. Like you're at the end of something and then the middle of something else and the start of something. So it's like always fine. But that's something that I'm working on. And I'm like super happy because I feel like this year over the last six months, it has been better. Because at the end of last year, I was like probably six clients at a time and I was stressed to the max. I feel like you and I, like we followed the same trajectory But like, you're just going so much faster than I was. Like you, like my first year in business, I did, it was just like a very small amount of money. It's like you shot to like the heights and then you experienced this burnout and all this. It's like, I was experiencing literally the same thing last year, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, it went too fast. Like I, 
I don't know. It's so hard because I'm like, I don't, I wish that I was slower than that because I do love how like I learned so much and how right. quickly it was. But now yeah. I feel like I'm unlearning a lot of habits that I brought in in that first year and like mm-hmm. unlearning that I have to make a certain amount of money and yeah. unlearning that I should be like, I don't know, constantly going. And now I'm like, okay, well, if I need to take a day off, I take a day off. If I want to go to Spain for two weeks, I go to Spain for two weeks. Heck yeah. If I go to Spain and I have to work, I have to like, that's what I'm going to do. But like, it's really just figuring out what works for me and my life and my family. And last year it was like, no, it's all about business. All about making money. It's like what I should do, like what everyone else has to do or what she does or what that designer does. It's like, screw that. Just just do what you want to do, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Okay. Even speaking about that, that's something that I've been like really stressed about lately is posting on social media. And I haven't really done it very well in the last little while. And I was like, well, I feel like I'm supposed to because everyone else does. And then I'm like, wait, no, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, you you do not have to. Yeah, I want to share all the stuff. Like I worked on some really cool, fun projects that in the last like three months that I haven't shared at all. And I, my therapist says I need to hold space for them. So I need to start sharing more because I'm not respecting <laughs> the project. I love but, that. But yeah, she, she, she was really good about that. <laughs> I was like, you're right. I don't like hold space for them. I think like there's just so much pressure to be content creators when we didn't start our business journeys to be influencers. Like I do not consider myself an influencer. I am a designer who creates content to market her business. And so like there's this whole other industry of content creators where it's like, oh, pick the right reels audio and like make sure that like your pictures are to the beat of the music and like make sure you research research your hashtags and everything. It's like, I legitimately don't have time to be a full-time content creator and be a full-time designer and business owner. Like and I, I just, and for and my mom, like, you know, like there's, there's a lot, I mean, like anyone else, you know, even if you don't have kids, like you have a spouse, you have your mom and dad, like you have siblings, you have friends, like, I don't know. Like, and it, it can be easy to go and look at other designers who have really, really great, like content presences on social media and be like, wow, they're doing the right thing. And I'm doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, have you heard that phrase where it's like, well, don't should all over yourself, you know? Like, yes. I feel like that is very much kind of relevant here because I don't know, like I like creating content on Instagram when I feel like it. And when I don't, I, it doesn't, it's not organic. It's not me. And I feel like that because I have such a personal brand and because I'm a very small studio, the type of clients that relate to me, they relate to me. And like, my personality and like, I'm kind of goofy and quirky and like, they like to see that, you know? And so it's like, when I feel like I'm not feeling like my best self, it's like, I just kind of give myself permission to like not show up. But then sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'm so excited to like show this thing. And then I think, Oh, well, I don't want to sit down and write a caption for 30 minutes. It's like, why don't I just put this out into the world with a one sentence caption and whoever sees it from the, you know, the algorithm of Instagram, they're going to see and just like releasing it. Maybe 30 people like it, But like, hey, it's there for the next person who's coming across my Instagram to see it. And maybe that's all it takes. Like, I'm not trying to sell thousands of brand packages right now because I'm not an agency. It all is about that one person that comes along and they see that project and they're like, ooh, they're probably not even reading the caption. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know. I've just been kind of experimenting with it and just doing what feels right. And I like... 
I've been pre-batching content, which is very, very helpful. Um, I'm actually going to be starting this month with a marketing consultant. Um, Ashley, we had her on the podcast um, a couple weeks ago. And so I'll be, of course, like sharing more about what I learned from that and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just want to break out of this content machine. I think I posted recently about it. Um, like I feel like followers are burned out on the seeing the same content over and over again. And content creators are burned out on creating the same type of content over and over again. Because everything mm-hmm. is based off of trends right now. you know. And so it's like... I've been thinking about reviving my email list. That's one thing that I know that you like to do, Esther, is doing email marketing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I know Giselle wasn't the biggest Instagram fan. She didn't really market her business on Instagram because not a ton of her clients were on there. You know, she did LinkedIn yeah. and in person and stuff like that. Like, and she was an incredibly successful designer and business owner. So those are my hot takes. <laughs> Interesting because I even think about like when I worked in agency, I don't think they marketed on social media at all, really. Like, yeah, yeah, you'd share a couple things here and there, but it wasn't like that's the way that they get their clients. It was more wow. in person. So yeah, it really just depends. And yeah, I don't know. I'm like over it right just now. Do that's, you. that's my like, I want to come back. And I feel I did just post something and I was like, oh, I'm going to come share more this summer, which like I will. I do want to share more, but I'm not like, I don't know. I just want to like figure out where it feels authentic to me. Yeah. And right now, like batching everything and then posting three times a week. That doesn't feel authentic to me. And I had done that for a long time. And I'm just like, ugh, that feels so stale. Yeah. And I'm not engaging. And I'm like having more fun posting stupid videos and stuff on my personal than I am. (laughs) I love that. No, I think that that's great. I mean, it goes back to the fact that we're not bulk like sellers. Mm -hmm. I think that Posting on Instagram often is great for if you're like a boutique and you have a new drop or you have a new sale or something like you need to be constantly popping up in people's feeds. But like, I don't know, for us, I feel like it's more of a long game. Like I don't get an inquiry just because I post something. You know what I mean? Like I I feel like designers think that. They think like, oh, well, I didn't show up on stories this week. So that's why I don't have any inquiries. It's like, well, maybe there's some other reasons why. Like who have you been relating to? Who have you been reaching out to? What type of one-on-one conversations have you been having? Like what makes you feel most yourself and authentic. Maybe that means getting off the computer and going and meeting new people or going to dinner with friends. And maybe a friend of a friend has someone that needs branding. Like maybe that's how you get a client. You know what I mean? So let's just all agree to do what feels right. And if social media is not feeling right right now, like be happy and about it. (laughs) And don't feel like, don't feel like pressure. You know, like I... That's all I feel when I look at other designers on social media. Actually, I've been going through and like calling my follow list actually recently and just like unfollowing a crap ton of people. (laughs) Not because I don't love them, but because I'm like, this isn't good for my mental health to see this, you know? Totally. Totally. What type of design skills or like types of skills have you been learning over the last six months? Oh, this is so good because the answer is none. <laughs> no, <laughs> I have like something that I've been really wanting to pursue, which is UX design. I feel like there is a little bit of a gap in my knowledge around the actual structure and planning portion of the web design process. And that's partially because I've been doing semi-custom work. I haven't been doing a lot of fully custom website designs. But I just have been really feeling like the itch to take a course in UX. And my husband actually 
has been studying a little bit of UX and UI. He's studying some coding. He's studying Webflow right now, which is pretty pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Updates on his career will come later. But he was like, Jen, you really need to take this UX course. It's from a a program or their content creators called superhigh.com. And they have like project management courses. They have a branding course. They have UX UI courses. They have web design courses. Like they have like client management courses. It's like basically... There's so much to learn. There's so much. Like there's so much stuff just all in the creative space. So I'm like, you know what? While I'm taking my time in July, not working on active client projects, I want to take this course in UX because I think that it will help me hone my web design process a little bit more to the point where I feel just as confident in those services as I do in branding. Not to say that like I don't feel confident offering web design. Obviously, I'm a web designer. But like I think that my process could always be a little bit better. And I think that I want to focus that time and energy on making my web design process even better. So mm. uh, yeah, this it's hard to be like learning and creating at the same time and then not burning out. And like, you know what yeah, I mean? Especially totally. when you're taking on fewer projects. But that's kind of like what's on the horizon for me. What about you? For me, I have also not like done a ton, ton of like nitty gritty learning, but I feel like I've been really expanding on my coding knowledge a lot more over the last six months. Like I've really tapped into being more of a web designer and developer than just branding alone. Yeah. And I love it because I feel like it just, it really makes me excited. So I've been learning a lot about that. And then I am starting to tap into Shopify a little bit. So I'm pretty stoked about that just because it's a whole different, like, whole setup. And that's, I guess, more of a goal for the next six months to like really get familiar with it and get used to the platform. So, yeah, over the last couple months, it just has been like really getting better at things as opposed to learning completely new things, which I always feel like is important to have that time because otherwise you learn too many new things and it's not. Actually, yeah, useful. I feel like that's like my problem is that like I want to be learning all these different things, and then like I'm like, okay, wait, how am I actually going to be implementing these in this in my business? How are these going to manifest in creating a better experience for my clients? Me becoming a better designer, like I don't want to look back at this time in my life and be like, wow, I wish that like I would have peaked my head above the waves and actually like continued to grow in my craft, you know? Because like if you don't, then you're just going to fall behind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like, not from a place of like scarcity or like, oh, everyone's going to be better than me. I don't mean it like that. I just mean like, I don't know. I just, I want to be that lifelong learner. Like that's a value of mine outside of my business is that like, I, I love my classes in college. Like I love taking like courses in poetry and Shakespeare. I, I would have done an English minor if I, you know, had the amount, amount of classes for it because I was always in English classes. Like I just mm-hmm. love them so much. I love writing. I mean, obviously journalism major. So there is that, but I want to continue that part of my business. And I think that that is a great way to continue adding value to your service arsenal. And we're talking about content creation. It's a great way to get inspired and to have new things to share with your audience yeah. and, you know, just different things than what you're just seeing from other designers, you know, like take a course in something and then like, oh, I want to share with you guys something that I learned this week. Like, hey, that's super organic and fun and exciting. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be something directly related to like being a web designer or yeah. anything. Like you can take a pottery class. I remember a couple of years ago I did that and it was so helpful for me in design too, of just like thinking about things in three-dimensional versus just your flat screen. Like it's it's interesting what you can do and what you can learn from other random courses and classes and whatever. 
Yeah. I've actually been thinking about taking an interior design course. That would be so fun. My friend Jen from Genuine Creative, she's doing um, a build, it's like a home build. And I'm also doing a home build and I am not going to hire an interior designer because I want to just make all the selections and do everything myself just because I'm a designer and I want to. <laughs> Maybe it won't look as pretty as if I hired an interior designer, but we're just going to try. But she took like an online course for interior design just you know, to educate herself and to get inspired. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. So I would love to do something like that. That is really cool. I guess something that I've been learning a lot over the little bit non-design related is my garden. And I just planted all yes. of my flowers in the back. And it's like, Aww. I hadn't had a full garden to myself. So I'm happy. That's I'm happy so to exciting, get outside. especially when you're like a homeowner now and you can like plant stuff in your garden. We actually, we're, we have like a little vegetable garden. We have a tomato. It's very green, but it's very One tiny. Tomato. Oh, cute. tiny tomato. It's great. We've been clipping like cilantro and like parsley and basil and stuff from the garden. And like, it's nice. like, it's my father-in-law's garden, but Ryder loves to like go and like water it. And like, he loves to go and look at the plants and everything. And it's just, it's cool to... Like, I don't know, the cilantro just like tastes better. Like, I yeah, know that the plants are just going to taste better. Like, I'm just like, everything I'm from the garden is always like so much better. Yeah. So, I'm curious about the next six months now that we've kind of done a little chit chat review of the first six months of the year. What What's on deck for you? Like, what's the biggest goal that you have that you want to complete by the end of the year? Oh, this is such a hard question because I feel like I haven't actually, I need to sit down and like do more of a goal setting thing, but this is a good like start. I feel like for the next six months, I want to continue learning about that balance, like having the work-life balance, but still being super productive in work. I feel like there's a lot to learn within that. And I've been trying little bits of like taking Fridays off or taking whatever I need. And then I feel like I need to have a little bit more structure but so that like having balance and then my biggest goal is to i don't know this is so hard do you have one in mind what is your goal like yeah i mean i feel like my goal is more of like a feeling goal at the end of last year i was so ready for the holidays that by the time the holidays came around i was just exhausted like on the couch every day like at the end of this year, I want to look back and I want to have, well, at the end of the year, I want to feel rested, energized, ready to spend time with my family during the holidays. I'll be taking the last two weeks of December and the first week of January of next year off. So I'll be like looking forward to taking some time off at the end of the year. But yeah, I feel like it's okay to have a goal of like continuing on the path that you're already on. It's not like a big, fancy, like flashy numbers goal. Like I feel like, of course, like got to pay your bills, people out there. So like, we're not saying like, oh, don't care at all about your business of revenue. But like, if you have, you feel like you have a good cushion, you feel like you have the ability to pay your bills or pay your salary. Like that's where I'm starting to move away from like, okay, like I need to have like this amount of money in the bank at the end of the year and have it be more like, I, you know, didn't work on any e-commerce projects. Like I wasn't stressed out. Like I did semi-custom projects. Like I did intensives or I worked with the type of clients I, w- I never would have dreamed about. Like it could be like a client's goal like, or work with a certain industry or something like that. So I don't know. I feel like probably the biggest goal for me is to not be burned out at the end of the year. That's my goal. I think that that's a great goal. I love the feelings goal. Cause I think that's mm-hmm. kind of in a way me of like, I just want to feel happy and I want to feel 
I want to feel successful, but success to me isn't tied to a number like it was last year. Success to me is working with people who are making a difference in the world and knowing that like I've made my small little impact. And yeah, yeah, I think exactly to what you're saying, I just want to continue where I'm going and not feel not feel the pressure of doing anything huge just for the sake of like setting a six month. Yeah. I feel like there's something to be said for like coasting. You know, sometimes people talk Mm -hmm. about that as like, oh, make sure you're not coasting or like, you don't, it's like, it's, we're not talking about like coasting, like being in the doldrums and feeling not inspired. Like, I feel like I want to spend as little time working as possible during the summertime because I love summer and we're also, it's our first year having summer as adults with a baby, with our family, like I want to really take advantage yeah. of that. Like I want to look back at 2022 and be like, okay, wow, I, I figured things out. And then whatever that looks like for 2023, maybe, maybe I do set another, maybe I set a number and I'm like, okay, I'm ready for maybe I set a quarter million, you know, or whatever. Like maybe yeah. I'm like ready for that number or like, maybe it's like, oh, I want to expand my mentorship offering. And like, I want to be able to have this other like lower ticket service. Like I want to be able to serve more designers. Maybe that's a goal next year. And there's a monetary goal associated with that. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not into pressure on myself right now. I want to like chill out. I want to have fun. I want to want to work. I want to feel inspired. I'm lacking that right now. I'm like, I want a little bit more inspiration. So I'm taking some time off going and traveling. Like, I don't know, like it sounds like an oversimplification, but I don't know. I just want to encourage you guys. Like if you're also feeling this way and I feel like a lot of us are, I don't know, just ready to just, I mean, we've been chilling out during COVID, but it's also been like really stressful for a lot of people. So it's like, ugh, I don't even, I just don't want to set a money goal. So I'm just releasing you hereby. (laughs) Yes. I remember at the beginning of this year, you and I were talking about this. And I remember saying, both of us were saying like, we just want to coast this year. Oh, and there's, <laughs> like, I do remember talking I'm about that. myself. <laughs> and I feel like, no, it's something so good to like, remember that yeah. it's okay to coast. It's okay to just have these like slower times because yeah. like you even said earlier, we have so many years ahead of us yeah, that so like, it's time. okay that you coast for, even if we coast for three years, like that's yeah. really fine. And then yeah. you up level and then you coast again and then you up level. It's like, the constant taking a couple steps up, but it takes a little bit of time. So that's yeah. okay. And I often fall into this like, oh, in the next six months, I have to have this like next thing. But right now I just kind of want to be. And I want yeah. to like settle into this and not, I don't want to go backwards, but I just want to stick it out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it comes down to like, I've even been thinking about our tagline, like, just getting like better, like incrementally every single day. Like I want to caveat that by saying like some days, like you are going to take a step back. (laughs) Some days you are not going to be a better designer than you were the day before. And that is okay. You know, like I, Mm -hmm. I feel like we just put this pressure on ourselves, especially we're usually visionary types or at least like very independent, like anyone who decides to go down the journey of creating their own business, like has some sort of like grit and determination and passion. And like, those are all such wonderful qualities, but I feel like they can manifest in ways that aren't as healthy sometimes. I mean, I'm talking from my own experience of just intense pressure, intense pressure on myself, burnout, um, unhappiness, not feeling inspired. Like those are the types of things that I want to battle this year. Not necessarily like 
how much am I making? Of course, I'm saying that from a place of, I feel very comfortable with the amount of money that I'm making right now. So I'm like, oh, I don't care about my money. Um, but yeah. I, that wasn't always the way that I was, you know, like there were many times, I mean, especially, you know, probably could be heading towards a recession. I mean, depending on what everyone believes about the economy, maybe, maybe not, you know, like I feel like our economy is, it's, is due for one, whether that's going to happen in the next year, the next three years, however long, like, you know, that is something that is on my mind, but I'm also not going to allow it to impact the way that I plan on running my business. You know, like I don't want to be a prepper, (laughs) you know? Well, all that to say, uh, Jen, I am really proud of you for everything that you've accomplished in the last six months. And I'm super excited to see what the rest of this year has for you. And I'm also excited for me too. And listeners, I know like I can speak for both Jen and I that we're we're so proud of where you have come. Even if we don't know you personally, I know that you have made it through the last six months and had challenges, some highs, some lows, likely, because that's kind of the whole thing of life. But like, I'm proud of you for continuing on in this journey and learning about yourself and what you need in business and what you want. And I hope that we've been able to be here with you over that time and just give you a little tidbits of advice. And I'm just super excited for everybody. I think that there's so much potential for everyone and there's just going to be so much growth in the next six months. Yes, I agree. You guys have time too. Yes. (laughs) I second everything that you said. Yeah, we all have time. Even if we were 70 years old, we still got time. Yes, we do. We do. Love it. Our inbox question for today is, how do I organize my client's time to be able to schedule them for current and future months? This is from Myra Rosas. Okay. This is such a great question. I feel like this is something I've been working on and it's one of the hardest things to figure out. I feel like when you start a design business is the... I call it battle rhythm because that's what my husband talks about with the army is like how, (laughs) what you're working on at the current time and all the things that are overlapping. Um, you can call it project cadence if you want. I find that this is something that falls into place pretty naturally as you get a better sense of how long it takes you to accomplish certain tasks and the way that you structure feedback and due dates for your clients as well. So there's two sides of the coin is your clients response time, and then you completing tasks for them. I have found, you know, optimizing my productivity, being focused when I'm working, you know, all the things that we talked about in previous episodes about utilizing your time really wisely has been helpful. Setting out a timeline from the beginning of the project. I do this in the proposal before they even book. And I put it in the contract and I put it, yes, I put it in the, the notion, um, client portal. And I go over it live with them on the kickoff call. I say, Hey, we're going to do a little housekeeping. Let's go over your timeline. (laughs) So I do that. Um, I know so so much fun stuff, but like a lot of the time the clients don't even know that that's there and haven't even thought about it, you know? So that helps them understand the cadence of the project. That and helps you all, stick to it as well. It helps me stick to it as well. I'm like, okay, what do I need to be working on this week? Oh, well, I told them that this would be due at this time. Like, of course, I tell them this is flexible. We can change things depending on if we need more rounds or you need more time with feedback or whatever happens in your life and my yeah. life. But but it just helps has, set like a little. It helps set guidelines because otherwise, it can easily a one month project can turn into three months. Yes, exactly. And, th- and this I is have all, been there. 
Oh, we all have a hundred percent. Like I, I want each project to end when I say it's going to end because mm-hmm. that is the key to making your project cadence feel like you're not being buried under the weight of a mountain, you know, because I find that like things just get crazy when projects get delayed because then you have a new project starting on time and the other project is delayed. It's just still working on it. So all of that is in service of the client and the project completing by the time that you estimated or, you know, within a week or two, you can even build in margin and time within your timeline and make sure that you're booking clients out far enough in advance that like there's not going to be a lot of overlap. I think it's also about finding how many clients you like to work with at a time. Esther was talking about that earlier in this episode. Mm-hmm. Two clients feels really good for her. Two, maybe three. That's what I am like trying to get to. My projects are, are the timelines have still been a little bit wonky. I've made some exceptions for some clients. Like I'm okay with breaking my own rules. You know, like I think everyone should be comfortable with that. But like at least I know I'm breaking the rules, you know, that it's not like normal. (laughs) Yeah. I think also like Myra, I think you had a question about like future months. How do you make sure you can schedule out for future months if you have a client and you're just like, you already have your three clients or four clients or however many you've decided to set for yourself. Mm -hmm. What I have said for potential clients is like, hey, I don't have availability until July 1st. Is that okay with you? And More times than not, they'll say like, oh yeah, for sure. Like that way I can get my stuff together before that time. Or I'll say also, I know that that's not for a month, but I can give you some like homework so you can get stuff ready. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you to get your Pinterest board together. I'll tell you to get all your copy together, whatever, whatever you need for that project so that they feel like they're still starting and getting stuff together, but you're not actually working with them yet. Yeah, And I found that that works really well. Just not saying like, not by saying, oh, we're not going to start till July. I'm not going to talk to you until then. It's more like, here's some stuff you can do, but I physically don't have enough time. Because that way you can schedule ahead. Jen, I don't know if you've done this, but I have not scheduled more than two months, months in advance because I found that my clients don't tend to like want to work that far in advance. But I know that there are a lot of designers who do schedule way in advance. And I think that's super cool too. So have you done that? I'm about two as well. That's about the longest that I've done, um, really mainly for myself because I'm like, I don't know what my schedule is going to look like. But also because my projects aren't as long anymore. So at any given time, two months, like two months from now, I have a couple open spots, you know? So that's just the way that my availability has worked out. Um, Yeah. yeah, Most clients, I feel like they don't want to get started like next week. Whereas when I was starting out, they were like, let's start yesterday. Let's start next week. And I would right. like, start them like a lot earlier. Now that like, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm working on a little bit larger projects. They're, they're, they're definitely more high ticket than they were. Like, um, I'm providing more value to the clients as well. But like, I think that they, they don't want to start next week, but they also don't want to start like six months from now. So I feel like two months is like a really good yeah. start time. Yeah. If any of you listeners, um, can help Myra out, if you do schedule even farther than that and just post in the Facebook group like what you're how you structure that we would love to hear I mean I would personally love to hear as well honestly just me I too. haven't done that yet yeah. so it would be really eye-opening to see what that could look like if and when I do yeah love it perfect Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for chatting with us today. If you have more questions about Jen and I's schedules or what our six months have looked like and anything you want to chat with us about, really. I mean, I just like love talking to people. So you can reach out to us on Instagram and also come join our Facebook group so we can all chat. 
Yes, it's facebook.com backslash better brand designer. Perfect. And I also want to remind everybody, if you are loving the podcast, if you listen every week, even if you're a new listener and this is the first episode you listen to, we would really appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps our rankings. It helps people find us. Um, and it also gives us a little bit of encouragement, especially if it's a, a nice review. If you don't yeah. love it, just shoot us a private email. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Feel free to say whatever you want. Um, but we would just, just a little, a little reminder that if you haven't left a review yet, we would really, really appreciate it. Yes. And I don't know, maybe we'll read them on the podcast if they're great oh, reviews. Definitely make sure to give us personal shout outs and tell us how much you love us. No, I'm just kidding. Just yes. really <laughs> feel our it. egos, please. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we love you guys. We will see you again next Tuesday. Bye guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.